This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. I'm Ebong Udama. A new law on the kindergarten age in Connecticut is causing confusion. Parents across the state are scrambling, trying to figure out if they can go to preschool an extra year. Will we have to pay out of pocket for a year of daycare? That's Jessica Hawke, the Connecticut Mirror's education reporter. She gives us a behind-the-scenes look at how anxious parents try to navigate the new Connecticut law that changes the cutoff date for kindergarten eligibility. More to come after this. With a podcast out there on whatever you're into, the news of the day may not always be your first choice, I get it, but with the WSHU podcast, After All Things, you'll be up to speed on the latest from Connecticut and Long Island in less than 15 minutes, so you can stay informed and get back to listening to what you love. Listen to After All Things with me, Sabrina Garone, weeknights wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Jessica. Connecticut's new law requires kindergarten students to be five by the 1st of September instead of the previous cutoff of January 1st. Why is that a problem for parents? That's mainly a problem because about a third of all kindergarten students have that late birthday. So now parents across the state are scrambling, trying to figure out if they can go to preschool an extra year. Will we have to pay out of pocket for a year of daycare and trying to navigate that struggle. If a kid can't go to kindergarten next year and that's what you were anticipating, what are you going to do for those eight months in between when they can go to kindergarten? Now, you focused on Mariah Lopez and her son who turned four in December. Could you tell us what problems she's having uh, trying to figure it out? She's from New Haven. Yes. So she was telling me that she heard about this change, that her son wouldn't be able to go into kindergarten because of this age change. But she was never communicated. Why was this changed? What are the next steps? And so when she learned about this in the fall, she was looking for websites, any information, couldn't find it. One of the big challenges is the Department of Ed has kind of taken a hands-off approach of, okay, we'll leave it up to every district for how they want to navigate this change. If they want a waiver process, how are they going to constitute if a child is ready or not for kindergarten? So she was looking everywhere for this information. She said that she was on the district website, couldn't find anything. And it wasn't until she wrote an op-ed that she said that she finally started hearing answers from other parents, teachers, and finally the district in January released what it was planning to do for the kindergarten waivers. But for weeks, she had no idea what the district wanted to do and what her avenue was going to be going forward. Now, how is this different from the other school districts? Because you you were saying that the State Department of Education has taken a hands-off. So Mm -hmm. each district is left on its own to try and figure out how to inform parents and how to implement this. So how is it different from district to district? Yeah, I mean, in New Haven with her son, her son was enrolled in pre-K-4 already in New Haven School District. And so their waiver model said, well, if your kid is already in pre-K-4, automatically he's going to kindergarten next year. And then you see things like in Westport, a parent just has to have written consent saying, I want my kid in kindergarten. They're going to grant that automatically. And then you see in like districts like West Hartford, where they're doing very strict evaluation models, looking how a child acts emotionally, socially, behaviorally. Can he hold a pencil? Can 
he count to 10 and seeing if they're age appropriate to go into kindergarten. Now, the Connecticut uh, Project Action Fund released a report just this month talking Mm -hmm. about the whole idea of having different standards for eligibility for uh, kindergarten. Could you just tell us what the report found and about what's going on in Connecticut as far as that's concerned? Yeah, so the report had two different aspects of it. First was a survey sent out to superintendents just asking, how are you navigating this change? Is it a good change? Is it a bad change? What are some difficulties with this? So that was the first aspect of this report. And the survey showed that most superintendents, I think they had 98 school district superintendents respond to this survey saying like, we need more funding. That's our biggest challenge is if we have to open more pre-K classes, we need teachers to hire. And if we're stripping that from kindergarten, that's another challenge. That was one of the things that they talked about in that survey. And then the second part of the report was they just had people go to every district website and try to find these answers on the website. And they were only able to find, I think 60% of school districts had this information readily available on their websites. So that was the second part is this information is hard to find. A lot of districts still don't know what they're doing. The report illustrated that as well. You also found out from talking to the different school districts that they're all quite open to helping parents navigate this. What are they saying and and what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, one that I thought was really interesting was with Groton. They've had this transitional kindergarten model where for at least five or six years, they've looked at four-year-olds who were ready for kindergarten and said, okay, we have a model called transitional kindergarten, where it's basically a kindergarten model, but it's developmentally appropriate for four-year-olds. So you're still going to have the bus pick them up. You're still going to have lunch at school. There's still after-school programs for these children, but it's just tailored to a four-year-old rather than a five-year-old. And then at the end of that model, they can either be recommended to kindergarten saying, okay, now you're ready for that. Or if they're a little bit ahead, now they can go to first grade. So that was one interesting model that one school district is doing to kind of ease that transition into this. Another one was Fairfield, who's offering a new pre-K program where they're giving priority to these children who are four, may be ready for kindergarten, but not quite at that five-year-old mark yet. So uh, basically, as we look forward to September, (laughs) from your reporting, What do you think we can anticipate? I talked to some experts, especially um, Fran Rabinowitz, who was saying, honestly, if we had just one more year, (laughs) this could be so much easier. And so I think that's the big struggle is districts are kind of saying, how do we make this happen? Only having one year to make it happen. And so, I mean, that's the hope is that you get as many kids in as you can if they are requesting the waiver. I mean, especially in bigger districts like Bridgeport and Hartford, um, where you have maybe 600 students being affected by this. That's kind of their approach is like, okay, let's just approve as many kids as we can for this waiver now, and we'll work for a better solution next year when we have a little more time. So I think the districts are doing everything they can at that point of let's see how to ease this as much as we can. But from the experts I spoke with, it's really hard to make something like this happen in a year. And they're advocating at least for um, the department or the legislature to push it back one more year for implementation. Okay. Thank you so much, Jessica. Long Story Short is hosted by me, Ebon Udana, and produced by Molly Ingram. Harriet Jones is our editor. WSHU's Alicia Daddario and the Connecticut Mirror's Gabby D. Benedictus 
are our digital team. This podcast is a collaboration between the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. We go behind the scenes at the home of public policy journalism in Connecticut. More can be found online at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Our episodes can be found wherever you get your podcast. Thank you.